0: Well, our next guest spent last weekend in Adelaide taking in Gather Round. I think from what we've seen and read, he was pretty impressed. He joins us now. Johnny Ralph from the Herald Sun and Fox Footy. John, good morning. Hello, boys.
1: I'm a little bit full. Uh, I've sated my thirst because I drunk the bath water. I'll tell you what, it was magnificent <laughs> over there. I always thought Melbourne was the best uh, city in the world and the rest could go and get stuff, but I'm a bit in love with Adelaide. I'll tell you what, it was. Um, that really was. They put on an exceptional show. and I know we've all been accused of drinking the cord over there, but yeah, gather round a smashing success. I think even Brisbane was pretty happy in the end. They were a bit grumpy to go across to Mount Barker, but in the end, they came away with a Seventy-five point thumping, and they loved the surface of the uh, Mount Barker Oval. And uh, Chris Fagan even got a man hug from his good mate uh, in the Alistair Clarkson. So all's well. It ended well. It really was a triumphant weekend.
2: I tell you, who was happy at Mount Barker? The local pizza shop owner. Did you see that the the Lions turned up after the match and ordered forty pizzas? Did they really? They
1: would have been not the uh, the twelve dollars large version as well. They would have been that twenty-three dollars oh, yeah. for, for a one size, which is you know pan size, the old pan size. Um, it was great. I got a a, a, a thirteen dollar um, sausage as well, or no, what do you call it? A bratwurst as well. So, dollar um, right, uh, three
2: hundred yeah. fifty
1: version has B- uh, run fruits. out of Yeah, so it was. It really was magnificent, guys. And look, I think the only disappointment at the moment for for um, for other states is that it will be there for three years. But what was amazing was to to think of of how proud this state was and how how amazing the story they have to tell. And they finally got a major event to be able to tell it. And so, look, if you're looking for football from an expansion point of view, I mean, obviously Brisbane and the Gable were able to have the grand final, you know, thousands or millions of, the, of dollars pumped into the, the expansion of the code and facilities and all those kind of things. And we know how extraordinary the story is of, of uh, junior development in Brisbane. So it was really good that Adelaide was able to tell that story as well. You know, having missed out on, you know, on grand finals and, and games through COVID. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful state. But the, 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 it almost reminded me of an Olympics. You know, all the volunteers and all the fans and everyone, um, you know, congratulating themselves and just, just passing in the glory of a little bit of a major event. Yeah, it was a, it was a lovely weekend all around. And, and obviously they'll pay about $20 million probably for the next three years. And then we'll get on the road and maybe we'll get up to Brisbane or maybe we'll get to WA or maybe even Sydney.
0: Ralphie, you, you said you thought Melbourne was the best city in the world and we've got the MCG there. And you, you see it you know, near capacity or full on, on Boxing Day for the cricket. And we see the preliminary finals and the grand final and these blockbuster clashes that we have coming up on Anzac Day. It really is a tremendous stadium. But you yourself said you thought there was something a bit special about the Adelaide Oval that actually surpassed the MCG.
1: Uh, do we go into Victoria here, guys? Because I was lucky enough to get free tickets to Ed Sheeran. And I sat there in the MCC committee room and I thought, how good is this? And as I was writing, I thought, I don't want to jeopardise those tickets for whatever it is. It might be Taylor Swift next year. So if I was honest with myself, I would say, look, when you've got the grand final, it, you know, it has the best events. But I thought the Adelaide Oval was the most picturesque, you know. I mean, and obviously, obviously, capacity fifty thousand to hundred thousand. But if you take the capacity out of it, I, I, I was blown away. You know, I, I think it's the best viewing stadium, you know, in Australia. It's probably the best stadium in Australia for cricket, um, given that that capacity is so good. And so, if you take away the big days, you know, Boxing Day and and uh, and Grand Final. Yeah, I think it's the best stadium in Australia to just to watch sport as it is. You know, the the capacity to be able to go outside and you know sit on the hill, the capacity for that, to to go outside this beautiful ivy covered um, stadium and be out there in the bars out there. You know, the, the kids to kick the footy. There's a beautiful little enclosure to kick the footy there. You know, without having to go outside and you know leave everyone to leave their, their um their family and friends. Uh, it's gorgeous, and and I don't know the MCG is close to to um the city. There's just 500 metres away. Yeah, I, I really was. Um, I was blown away. And it's not for those free edge sharing tickets, boys, I reckon I'd be saying it's the best uh, stadium in Australia.
2: <laughs> hey, Ralphie, it sounded like uh, you participated in practically everything across the weekend. But did you uh, happen to climb the roof of the Adelaide Oval? And if you did, were you hanging over the edge? I don't get that. You can have that.
1: No, that's. Uh, I do a lot of stupid things, but not not height. No, Cass Boston no. did it for us for, uh, for the cricket. And Jackie Epstein, my colleague, did as well. But I, I I won't have that. Especially the first day, it was really windy. I thought if I'd even considered it, um, no way. But, like, they've they got beautiful bars that have, you know, they've got a sky bar a sky bar that, you know, is off the 15th floor. But, um, no, it, it really is magnificent. I suppose the question, too, is what they do now. And, and so, you know, if I'm going to take it to the next level, it won't be standing up on some stupid roof. It'll be... Um, really ensconcing myself in the Barossa Valley uh, experience. So there'll be a game there. There'll be a beautiful outdoor pavilion. There'll be 50 wineries. There'll be a little grape grazing. I described it as Oktoberfest for the Barossa Valley. So if I'm going to really take it to the next level, it'll be deciding to uh, have a, a sample of every single one of those Barossa Valley wines and just, just see if I'm still standing by the end.
2: I'll tell you what we did have yesterday, a couple of queries, uh, because we were talking about how successful it was and it's for years. People are now wondering, uh, will it be the same round next year, obviously with a with a view to trying to book in accommodation and, and flights, et cetera, right now?
1: Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Um, uh, it'll definitely be across the holidays. So I think Easter's really early next year. Easter might be like round three. So I, I totally understand why people would want to do that. I think it has to be somewhere where people can try and drive if they are Victorians or, you know, obviously New South Wales if you're from Brisbane. And that's why, you know, that, yeah, I I think, you know, get your pens ready, you know, get those flights cheap. I think if the AFL's really smart, they just make sure that they, you know, do a deal with Virgin and so people could still get those flights really quickly. I did look the last few weeks of last... uh, when it was announced last year. And for the first few weeks, those flights were still really um, accessible. You know, they weren't snapped up really quickly. So I hope that that that's still um, that he's still in effect next year. But given that it needs to be across the school holidays, yeah, you know, I'd be I'd be really certain of that. I think the only other thing the AFL will be looking at would be tickets. You know, you, you could get them free as a member. they are only thirty bucks or fifteen for kids. So I really would hope that they don't try and gouge the fans and think this is the way that we make back our money. The whole point of it was that it was easy to get tickets. That it was, it was cheap to get tickets. If they turn it into, a you know, a, a, an event that they monetise, well, that, that takes away the beauty and the charm of, of gather-around.
0: Ralph, we've five rounds in. St Kilda, Essendon, Collingwood and Carlton, they are our top four. I don't think too many AFL fans would have had that at the start of the season. Oh, it's,
1: it's exquisite, isn't it? You know, we talked at the start of the season, Yeah, you know, could this be the best season yet? But that was about the style of the footy. I mean, anyone who looked at St Kilda with their swathe of injuries, you know, 12 of their best players out, You'd say, if they squeeze a game or two out of the first five, well, they'll be going really well. And yet Ross Lyons is getting that beautiful pop of, a, of, a, of an experienced young coach who brings in an established game plan. Um, they've got so many young kids playing exceptional football and they were so brave again against Collingwood on the weekend. But, uh, people have said it's sustainable um you know I I still think that teams will try and move the ball even quicker against them and and that's the beauty of the next 17 or 18 weeks to see that can we break down the Ross line methodology and Essendon I mean even Essendon they were acknowledging that we will be terrible we will be a team that will be rebuilding it will take many many years but again it just shows that the the change in um fashion in, in coaching Brad Scott came in he has um, fixed a defence that was leaky. It's still got to work. It's still a work in progress. It's still got something to to, to improve upon, um, and it just shows you again that we're bringing in these first-time coaches and they struggle. And you think to yourself, maybe the swing back to those experienced second-time coaches—the forty and the fifty and the sixty-year-old blokes—maybe there is a reason to say. You bring in someone who's not on his training wheels. You bring in someone who absolutely knows what to do. And from the first week of the season, they can get it done. It's been been one of the great parts of the season to see these two young sides that have just played out of their skins.
2: Ralphie, we had a few casualties at the tribunal last night. I don't know whether there was too many surprises in, in what we saw there, but this match, Anzac Day, surely this is the game of the year.
1: Oh, it's going to be magnificent. I mean, I'm, I'm and what they're doing. They have had so many talented players. They've had, had so many young draft picks. And you just think maybe these kids aren't any good. And yet what Brad Scott's been able to do with this team, yeah, that, that he's turning them into match winners. And so Essen and he's absolutely primed. Collingwood just continues to just, just lose star players. Um, Dan McStay, the latest with a finger tendon injury. Um, you talked about the tribunal there. Yeah, certainly Taylor Adams has, has been lost for a week. And so they're a little diminished. But the, but this side is just something special. Nick Dacos, you know, playing on the, on the only second Anzac Day. you think he could win the medal. You know, he's, he's polled in every... You, you would imagine he would have polled Brownlow votes in every contest so far. And then young Jack Ginnivan, who, who won the Anzac medal of the brash young kid who then, you know, had his drug strike and was out. Came back last week and scrounged one goal, but, you know, it wasn't amazing. So does he perform again on the, on the big stage. And so there are just so many great storylines and, you know, two teams that, you know, that are, um, you know, just basically can't, basically can't stop winning. So last year we, we had a good crowd, but not an immense crowd on Anzac Day. You just get the feeling they just they fill a joint with every single seat. You know, we get 98,000 on hopefully a nice, nicer, nicer, clear, crisp day. So you're right, game of the season, absolutely.
0: Ralphie, what's the, uh, the story with Ben King?
1: Uh, I think he really loves Gold Coast. Yeah, you know, I think he. I think he's really uh, invested there. Every single chance he's had to sign a contract extension, he's done that. So everyone says that uh, Collingwood will go for him, Security will go for him. I'm sure they will. He's really well paid, about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a season for a you know a third and fourth year contract. He just needs to. Um, he needs to see that there is a, a vision of success at Gold Coast. And, and so I don't think anyone would begrudge him if he just walked out at the end of next season. I don't think there's any way in which he breaks a contract this year. But but I would think everyone would feel if Gold Coast isn't going in the right direction by the end of next year, he'd have a good conversation about it. Now I don't think he's at the stage where where he's doing that now, despite all of the the speculation uh, in Melbourne. But um, yeah, Gold Coast need to be better. And right now that they've got a you know four or five great players, but they play pretty ordinary football.
2: Yeah, they do need to be better. And- promised so much this year, even though they lost Isaac Rankin, but uh, they've been a bit ordinary in a couple of those defeats, so it will be fascinating to see where he lands, if he lands anywhere else.
1: Yeah, and I I think, you know, Stuart Jew's, you know, significantly under pressure, and and they took a leap of faith and they extended his contract, but I've got no doubt that if, if they just meander... Um, that, you know, Mike Evans will be told to make a hard decision or he will make a hard decision on Stuart. Stuart Dews is an amazing guy and um, he's coached well at, in time. But it just shows you how impatient the AFL is. You know, they don't want a, a, a struggling Gold Coast. They want a winning Gold Coast because they know that, you know, that's the only way they can get bums on seats there as well. You know, Kenny is out of contract and there's massive speculation about, you know, whether he will be extended. I, I wrote, you know, in the in the newspaper on the weekend, I said, if, if Ken got sacked and Stuart got sacked, I think that um, Ken would be the favourite for the Gold Coast job. And so, you know, we, we know he's been an assistant coach there. We know he's beloved. He might be that kind of bloke who might be able to change the fortunes. But as we speak, it's an elite band of Gold Coast kids. They've got some quality forwards. Ben's just going himself, coming off a knee. So, you know, if Ben starts firing, a, 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 along with all of his, you know, stars and, and friends, well, they change their fortunes. They play finals. Um, you know, Stuart keeps his job, and then Ben stays there. So it's very much in, in Ben's own destiny to try and, um, you know, shape his fortunes at, at this Gold Coast, Gold Coast Football Club.
0: Good on you, Ralphie. Always a pleasure, mate. You enjoy Taylor Swift when she comes to town. We'll catch up shortly. Shake it off, baby. Shake it off. Good on you, There he is, Johnny Ralph, joining us to talk AFL.